Chapter 7, Applying the Intuitive Way. We've talked about emotions and feelings, how to let them go, how to arrive at a place that you no longer use feelings to guide you. We've discussed how feelings simulate energetic reactions that play havoc with your mind, body, and spirit, and how to stay balanced. In Chapter 2, I mentioned the importance of intuition in living and loving your life unconditionally. Let's examine intuition in a deeper way as it is going to play such an important role in the coming chapters. As you know, there comes a point where many feelings become a a liability and burden. They no longer benefit us. We've now let go of feelings and emotional reactions and all that energy of reacting to life. So now what? Let's try something different. Unlike feelings, intuition is absent of self-interest. Its intention is the greatest good for all in any and every moment. Intuition uh, does not create reactive emotions. No matter what's going on, what is happening, or the outcome of the situations, let's apply intuition to a few more challenging moments in life that threaten our peace. The moments that threaten to drown us in drama, conflict, pain, suffering, kick us out of balance. These are important moments, so I don't want to dishonor or discount them. They are the teaching moments in which we either love the most and move into harmony with or accept the least and suffer from. When those difficult moments you resist rather than love come along, you put yourself at risk of disease and sickness. It will be better when. It will be okay if. It will all be better when this is over. These are the phrases we use when we're trying to cope, trying to survive, whatever life has brought to our door. These patterns of reaction and resistance add weeks, months, years, or lifetimes to our spiritual evolution, as well as create suffering for us and those around us. Remember that the purpose of the practice is to live in life unconditionally, not to merely survive it. There will always be major moments in life that will forever challenge us, unless we love them and accept them as a part of life. Then life will no longer have to bring us such major moments over and over because we've come to peace with them. We've learned the lesson that we will never understand why some things happen. No matter, we've learned to love and accept whatever happens, and whatever happens no longer throws us into a meltdown. Living the practice will help develop your intuition. I've delved deep into death and loss in a previous chapter as one of the areas of life that we resist the most. I provided some examples of speaking honestly from your intuitive knowing. As we've become detached from nature and insulated within ourselves, we've learned to resist death because we no longer get torn apart by a wild animal. Something that was a part of human life for a very long time. We need to remember that death and loss are good and necessary parts of life. It's important to get re-inoculated to the truth about death. What I've done is visualize a potential experience of loss and death, one that created fear in me, even though it hadn't happened. So I visualized the very thing I feared. I have two young boys. One is wise, aware, and thoughtful. The other is a total daredevil. 
He keeps riding his bike into the street, jumping off high places, and just generally being a physical, risk-taking boy. For a period of time, I found myself tormented by the image of my daredevil son getting hit by a car and seriously injured. I didn't want this fear, worry, and suffering to control me. So I visualized my son getting hit by a car while I watched. I visualized holding his body, and I visualized him dying in my arms. I wept, and I felt sick inside. I deeply felt the loss of my son during that visualization. Yet, as I held my son in my arms, I allowed myself to move into harmony with the death of my son. I made a conscious effort to come to peace with my own son's death. When I came through that terrible emotional experience in the visualization, I realized that life was still here, and I was still alive. I came to peace with the fact that life may take my son, and my torment dissolved. I still watched out for him and taught him good safety practices, but the truth is that anything I might do may not be enough to save him. He may still die. He may still die. Once something has happened, what good does it do to see it as bad? It's neither a functional nor efficient way to live, and not all that peaceful. As soon as I've judged anything, including death, is not good, even my sons, I've set up a pylon that keeps me from living life fully. It keeps me afraid and not free. The more pylons in life, the less freedom, the greater potential for creating fear, anxiety, and worry going forward. If we persist in seeing certain situations as bad, then we are deciding which experiences we need to evolve rather than allowing life to decide. We already know we can't always prevent life from falling apart. Finally, we have to admit, I have no idea what's going on. Finally, we surrender the perceptual way of living, of thinking we can prevent things from happening by our fear, our worry, our anxiety. And finally, we realize that we don't know and we have no idea what's going on or what's going to happen. That's when we finally make the shift into the practice and turn to intuition. As you develop your intuitive knowing, you will be at peace with losing someone or something you dearly love. At some point, you too will own the sense of peace during loss and death because you are entitled to it. Because you know that without death, there could be no life. You move through any and every moment of life with minimal resistance and minimal suffering. You stop trying to make things happen. You stop trying to make anything happen. Then you see that death is present in every moment of life. You see that death is and will always be. So you embrace death and give thanks for its part in life. As you become more of a student of life and the practice, life itself will increase your intuitive knowing, not because you choose to have it or you somehow earned it, but because life always brings the open heart and the mind willing to change exactly what it needs to grow in consciousness. Metaphorically, intuition is the river of life. The river is flowing and you are flowing along with it from a point of balance and from a place of peace. You are peacefully going with the flow downstream, no longer trying to swim upstream. You are flowing around the rocks without conflict, learning what they have to teach you, flowing, allowing the river of life to lovingly transform you. Another benefit of living with intuitive knowing and being in intuitive balance with life is that you're so open to the truth wherever it takes you. You don't allow your opinions of how life should be and what form life should take to influence you. 
You're not in denial about anything, but open in the sense of letting go of your own opinions and embracing whatever life brings. You are at peace. If you're in a space of peace and then you experience illness and pass away, well, what then? There you are, okay with it all. You realize that you were in a space of beautiful, peaceful balance, so there was nothing else to do, nothing that could be done. You are present to your perceived death, for life is eternal. You are peaceful. You accept your death as necessary for reasons that you will never know or understand. There is no more worry or fear. Can you imagine that? Using your intuition can overcome any emotional experience, any experience based in time, any personal choice, and sink into oneness with whatever life brings. Applying the intuitive way to all of life, including death and loss, is not something that will help you alone. It's something you do for everyone around you. It's a light you shine on every person you meet, whether they know it or not. Living intuitively means you live for the highest good of life. Each moment, living like this helps everyone. The great intuitives of the past, such as Jesus, Buddha, Gandhi, Moses, and Mohammed, experienced the same two reactions from people. Intense love for those who knew their deepest intention was only for the highest good of all, and utter ridicule and hatred from those less conscious or unconscious who perceived them as a threat. So these great intuitives of the past were often seen as people who needed to be removed from society, gotten rid of. Other people put up pylons so they didn't have to get close to the great masters of the intuitive way. Others put up pylons so they wouldn't have to get close to those great masters of the intuitive way, so as not to get too close to a dose of that intuition. People feared intuition because they didn't understand it, and they needed to understand what it was before they could accept and love it. They felt responsible for getting rid of the intuitives who they felt caused their fear. Sadly, they missed an opportunity for the evolution of their souls. One other point. Religion segregates us. As long as we believe in a religion that separates us from each other in all the ways religions have the potential to do, we cannot afford it. With all due respect to all those who hold a religious belief system, I am not out to abolish religion, but to put it into a larger context. Humanity cannot become unified in a space of religion. It has not worked, and it will not work. There is nothing wrong with religion if you embrace religion and its inherent limitations. I suggest we rise above religion into our intuition and put our religious beliefs in an intuitive context. Once you apply the intuitive knowing, you will see the divine truth in each religion and in all religions. Their stories and beliefs may be different, but the heart of each religion is the same. Love. In each religion there is truth. Above all religions is the absolute truth of life. When people ask me if I'm a religious man, I respond, I am not in a space where a specific religion serves the highest good anymore. I am not able to access my highest sense of truth when I believe in a religion. Then again, I'm not in my highest truth if I believe I'm different than you. Quantum physics has proven that we are all from the same vibration at the deepest level. We're all from that same source. Whatever you want to call that source is irrelevant. We are all in life together, in different spaces of consciousness, different spaces of evolution. But we are all the same, and intuition tells us so. It provides a way to accept that all of us are in the same space and share the same eternal goals of unconditional love, acceptance, peace, and compassion. Love life 
and the order within it. I call that initial source of life God that created and still creates life, giving it divine order. Whatever my experience has been in the past or will be in the future, I will at some point return to the beginning, to the source of life, where there will be life. Love the source that some call God. It's a good idea if we can learn from one another's life experiences. That way, one of us can go through an experience for the rest of us. And we do this for each other. If we're aware of what one person is going through, and without judging the experience or empathizing with it, we learn from it, then there may be no reason for us to go through the same experience, unless life means for us also to go through it. If we don't value the learning we can get from observing others, if this kind of collective experience is not observed attentively, then we will have many unnecessary experiences that cause suffering. As we see happening now, those experiences are not the highest good. I want to be clear. Experiences are necessary because of the level of consciousness, and if the level of consciousness increases, these experiences may no longer be necessary. Become more conscious and therefore more efficient in life by being intuitive first and perceptive second. Intuitive can reveal amazing things. Take nature, for example. Perceptually, we see a tree or a flower, but our intuition shows us a source of life through nature in a new but old way. All of a sudden, life, or God, isn't some intangible source, but becomes very tangible. Another example, we know perceptually how our body functions, but our intuition sees the intricate beauty of the human body and the miracle of what we call our lives, the miracle that we are. We become in awe of the divine order, even of the divine death and divine loss. We've surrendered completely. Our intuition tells us that we are no longer a separate self. Even our bodies are no longer ours. We are just the energy that is life. Come now into your intuitive space. Now is the moment. And the moment isn't for one of us, but for all of us. People have achieved intuitive knowing individually, but rarely as a group, as a community of one. So I am asking you to apply intuition to every moment of life and encourage others to do the same. They will see the peace in you and the light in you. Let's awaken all of us now at the same time. Let's not go back to sleep into unconsciousness, believing in random occurrences. Life intends only good. As you continue the practice, the choice to live intuitively or not will no longer be available. You won't have any other choice but to live intuitively, in truth, in light. You'll be conscious enough that you won't go back to living perceptually, back to using emotions as a guide with all that imbalance. You'll no longer see yourself and others as separate from life, separate from each other, or separate from the divine. Let's awaken to the divinity within and live from that intuitive space so that all beings may be awakened and inspired. 